0: You tell Or if you tell God your plan, he's going to laugh. That's a good one I've heard. You know, uh, okay, so it's early. We're going to do, uh, we're inviting everybody to just hang out for a few minutes after. We've got uh, hot cocoa. Hot cocoa, cookies, coffee. Don't run out of here. I'm not going to keep you, I'm not going to speak for an hour. I promise. So... I was. Um, I had a, I had a. I had. I had in my heart everything I wanted to talk about, and then we decided that we were going to keep all the young and the kids and everybody in here today. And I'm like, okay, it kind of threw me off. I had a super busy week, and I was like, I was like, okay. So then I had a new plan. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to get to this till like Friday, and then I just couldn't. And then I was like Saturday, and I'm like, finally got everything done. And um, because I'm like, okay, I want to. I want to talk about. I really want to talk about Jesus. It's Christmas. Now, we talked about the shepherds, the view of the shepherds. We talked about Joseph, the view from Joseph the father. But today we're going to look at it as Jesus was the plan. Because God had a plan. Jesus is the fulfillment of Scripture. Everything in that Bible, all 66 books, points to Him. That is the reason we meet each and every week. We meet each and every week to build ourselves up to go out and fulfill the good commission, the great commission. Jesus is the Word, Jesus is the light. Jesus is the way, truth, and the life. And the whole message of Christmas is wrapped up in Him. All of it. God's greatest gift, God's greatest plan was Jesus. And this season and time of year, we celebrate how He came as a tiny baby. Remember, I said He came quietly into the world. He came with one, that small child entered this earth quietly with one powerful purpose, to save the entire world. So Jesus, like I said, is what Jesus is coming to earth was to fulfill the reason that we meet each week. We serve one purpose each and every week to go to the ends of the earth and tell people the good news about Him. Yes? Yes. Christmas is not about presents. It's not. Great. I like these ones. <laughs> they remind me of me when I was sitting in the back shouting out things. I know the answer, Pastor! Don't wait on the rest of these people. Listen, the good news about Christ, that's your job. Your job is to go and tell everyone about him. Today we're going to talk about him. For some of us, the end of the earth may be the Yuba-Sutter County line. But that's your purpose. To go to the ends of your earth. I don't drive the freeway. I don't drive 99. I don't go past Barry Road. I don't care. Tell somebody about Jesus. Why don't you hear it? Yeah. So today we're going to read from Matthew. We have not read the Christmas story from Matthew yet. We're going to read the Christmas story from Matthew. And then we're going to talk about 10 prophecies that talk about Jesus. Because for the younger crowd, you come to church your whole lives. You sat in Sunday school, and you listen and you hear the name Jesus over and over and over, but you have a million questions. Who is this Jesus? What is he really about? Is he real? Is everything you're telling me true? And how can I confirm that? How can I be sure about Jesus? Well, there's a book that was written A really long time ago, it's called the Bible. And there's 66 books that prophecy and talk about him. And we're going to talk about some of that today. So, Matthew 2, 1 through 23. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. Oh, did I tell you guys I like to read between the lines? You know that about me. Everything is important. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it's just like Jesus wept. It's also one of the shortest Bible verses. It's pray always or pray without ceasing. And then there's another verse, Jesus wept. They're the shortest Bible verses. Everything means something, even if it's two words. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. So for you youngsters in the front, hundreds of years have passed since any prophets have said anything. So everybody during that time, the Israelites, worshipped God. They brought their sacrifices, they brought their tithes, they brought their offerings, or so they didn't. If you read the book of Micah, maybe they were messing up. Point is, They all believed in God. They were all waiting for a Messiah. And for over a thousand years, there was nothing about talk about the Messiah. The Messiah, the Messiah, you guys keep messing around. This is what I'm going to do. And God performed miracle after miracle after miracle after showing up after showing up after showing up and punishing his people for always being rebellious. And in that time, there were many prophets who talked about Jesus. So now, hundreds of years have passed, and it's quiet. And then Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands, wise men, magi, scholars, astrologers. I'm sorry, astronomers. (laughs) Not astrologers. Astronomers. I'm like, that was astronomy in college, not astrology. (laughs) They arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? Ask yourself this question. Why were they there? Asking this question. We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. So these guys just saw a random star in the sky and decided to follow it? No, they knew something about the star. We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod, who was the ruler, who was an Israelite, who was aware of the scriptures, who was aware of the prophecies, who was in charge, was deeply disturbed when he heard this because this threatened his power. So King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is this Messiah supposed to be born? Though I don't know, because the scripture says where he's going to be born. Where is this Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said. For this is what the prophet wrote. This was what was written long before. And you... O Bethlehem and the land of Judah are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. And he learned from them the time when the the star first appeared. So it had already taken place, this star. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, Come back and tell me so that I can go worship him too. I doubt that. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. You guys know I love to do this with stories. You guys see Mars in the sky at night? It's the red planet over here in the east. It doesn't move. The one that doesn't move. It's Mars. Imagine seeing a bright, twinkling star move across the sky and then all of a sudden stop. It's crazy. That's what happened. It says, it went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped Mary. No, that's not right. (laughs) We have some other groups of people that do that. No, it says they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. That's weird. I thought they were supposed to go back to King Herod. What happened? For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream again. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return. Because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, that night, not next week, not tomorrow. Not I'm going to follow Christ next week. I'm going to choose God next month. I'm going to live my life, and when I'm dying on my deathbed, I'll give my life to Christ. No. Joseph heard what the angel told him, and it says, that night Joseph left for Egypt with the child and his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled a prophecy This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet I called my son out of Egypt. Well Chris, I don't even know what these things are. Good, we're going to talk about them. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were 2 years old and under based on the wise men report of the star's first appearance. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. This is one of those parts of the story I tell you to grab on to what's going on. Imagine that. Imagine when, if you recall in in Exodus, in the book of Exodus, when the angel of the Lord came through and all the firstborn died, And the Bible is very specific. It says firstborn. It doesn't say firstborn babies. Firstborn period. Husbands died. Teenagers died. All kinds of people died. And the weeping and mourning was horrible. Imagine hearing that. That's what's happening here. Everybody two years old and under. Gone. Gone. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. Take the angel, take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel, because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned in another dream... He left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said. He will be called a Nazarene. So I've given you a list of 10 specific prophecies this week that we're going to talk about about Jesus. 10. Because you come to church your whole life, you just hear the name Jesus. You hear a pastor say at the end of the service, have you given your life to Jesus? Now we're going to talk about all these people that said Jesus would come and be who he was going to be. And in this story, we see that Jesus arrived on the scene and was who he said he was going to be. First one. First prophecy. Where's all your notes? One, two, three, four, five, six, and pens. One, two, three, four, five, six. Un por favor. These prophecies were for you, this group. The rest of us were old fogey. We already know these things. Number one, number one, come on, I know you're not in school, but I want to see pens moving. <laughs> number one, Christ would be filled with power, peace, and the Spirit from birth. Christ would be filled, we're going to leave that up while you can write it down, and I'm going to read you the prophecies, and I'm going to read you the fulfillment. The prophecy For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Son? No, Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9-6. This is 700 years before Jesus was born. The prophet Isaiah spoke that. Next verse, Isaiah 61 1. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has appointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. Those were the prophecies. Here's the fulfillment. Christ himself fulfilled these scriptures. Luke 4.18, this is what Jesus said. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. You see that? Prophecy, fulfillment. Number two, Christ would be born of a virgin. This one we really struggled with. I had some fun with this story. Prophecy. Here's your prophecy. Isaiah, again, 700 years before Christ. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. remember the angel the Lord came to Mary and said, You're gonna, your son's going to be Emmanuel. Fulfillment. Mary received this same prophecy when the angel Gabriel visited her, and we see this fulfilled clearly through Scripture. This prophecy, written 700 years before, will be fulfilled. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Matthew 123. This is what the angel Gabriel said to Mary. So 700 years before, in actual history book, written by a prophet, he wrote these and said these things. In 700 years, they took place. You picking up what I'm setting down? Yeah. Number three, prophecy. Christ would be born in Bethlehem, not Yuba City. <laughs> Your filling is Bethlehem. If you wrote Yuba City, scratch it out. Bethlehem. You guys got that? Christ would be born in Bethlehem. Prophecy. The Lord says, Bethlehem, you might not be an important town in the nation of Judah. But one of you will come a ruler, but out of you will come a ruler over Israel for me. His family line goes back to the early years of your nation. It goes all the way back to days of long ago. Minor prophet Micah wrote that in Micah 5.2. The fulfillment. I read it at the beginning of this story. Christ was born in Bethlehem just as prophecy was foretold after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. During the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem. Prophecy? Hey, Jesus is going to be born. The Son of of Man will be born. The Messiah that you're waiting for will be born. And oddly enough, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. There's nothing good about you, Bethlehem, but out of you will come a ruler. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And why? Why was Jesus born in Bethlehem? Well, let's look at our other story. Joseph, you need to go and take this census. All happens for a reason, guys. Everything. You're here today for a reason. 2000 years ago Jesus was born, died on the cross, so that 2000 years later you could sit here and hear this message. True. I know that. It is true. Number 4 is a good one. Christ would be called to escape to Egypt. That's interesting. But it happened in our story today. The prophecy from Hosea 11, 1. The prophecy. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. Very confusing, correct? Why, pastor? Because the prophecy said he was going to be born in Bethlehem. Now, why would he go to Egypt? How could he come out of Egypt? We escaped Egypt, remember? You know that thing, the Passover that we celebrate every year? It's to remember that we came out of Egypt, that the angel of the Lord passed over us, and he brought us out of that place. Now how is your son going to come out of there? It doesn't make sense. You said he'd come out of Bethlehem. Prophecy. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. Fulfillment. God sends an angel to awaken, who? Joseph again, in the night and warn him of Herod's plan. Matthew 2.13, I just read it to you. An angel, the Lord, appears to Joseph in a dream. Get up. He didn't say, don't be afraid this time. He said, you remember me? Get up. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Ding, ding, ding. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child and kill him. If you stay here in Bethlehem, bad things will happen. I'm going to have to make a new plan. God always makes one plan. And he makes it work. Number five. Number five prophecy. We read it in our story today. A star would point the way towards Christ. A star. Imagine. A star. The prophecy. The prophecy goes way back. Way back. Numbers 24, verse 17. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. Oh, because it'll only be about 1,500 years from then. A star shall come forth from Jacob... And a scepter shall rise from Israel, a ruler, and shall crush the forehead of Moab, their enemies at the time, and tear down all the sons of Sheth. The fulfillment, God places the star in the sky to lead the Magi to Christ, that they might worship him. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying... Where is he who is born the king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. So These guys were astronomers, smart, educated men. They had paid close attention to the scriptures. At this point in the story, I don't even believe that they were actually Israelite heritage, they were men who came from somewhere else, but they were aware of what had been written, and when they saw the star, they knew, they didn't question, they knew. How about this one, this is a good prophecy, six, six, it's almost coffee time. There would be a presentation of gifts to him. What? That was prophesied too, Chris? There are over 300 prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament. I heard somebody say once this. The chances of you striking and winning the, lotto are, uh, the, the lottery are better than the amount of chances it would be for Jesus to, to fulfill all the things they did. I heard somebody say once, statistically, now this is going to blow you away, this might be, I always question the accuracy of this, but this is what I was, I was taught, I was told this. There are so many prophecies about Jesus that in order that they all took place, which we're reading 10 of them today, yes, ma'am. Like a, like a, like a, like a, like a foretelling. This is going to happen next week. What? And then it happens. There were hundreds of prophecies about Jesus. Now, this is what I was told. In order for all of them to take place, all of them, and be true, it is the same equivalent of taking the state of Texas landmass and filling it four feet thick with quarters and walking out there and finding the quarter. That's marked. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> was that like, was that like no, this was stuck on the floor. I don't know what that's. It's it's tape and it's holding nothing down. But you guys see, do you get that? And, now tell me that that number doesn't blow you away. What number? I'm watching him. Here we go. There would be presentation of gifts to him. Today we're looking at 10. There are hundreds of prophecies about Christ, but the 10 that we're gonna talk about point to his birth. Number, okay, the prophecy was, uh, may the kings of Tarshish and of distant shores bring tribute to him. May the kings of Sheba and Seba present him gifts May all kings bow down to him and worship, and, and all nations serve him. This was written Psalm seventy-two, ten and eleven. During the time that Psalm wrote, David wrote the Psalms. Imagine the time now. This was also written about Christ. A prophet, a thousand plus years. Before Jesus was born, said, May the kings of Tarsus and of distant shores bring tribute to him. May the kings of Sheba and Seba present him gifts. May all kings bow down to him and all nations serve him. Wow, did that get fulfilled? Well, the magi who visited Jesus brought him gifts. And what did they do? They bowed and worshipped Mary? No, they bowed and worshipped him. On coming to the house... They saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Yes, even the gift giving and these men arriving and bowing down and worshipping him was prophesied before it took place. Everything in this story. Number seven, he would be worshipped by shepherds. A shepherd is a sheep herder, a man who takes care of flock. At that time, it may have been females too. There were women who tended the flocks in some of our Old Testament stories that we read about during the Jacob, Rachel, and Leah days. But I didn't call it shepherdess. I said shepherd. I'm kidding. He would be worshipped by shepherds. This was prophesied. Another prophecy in the story. May the desert tribes bow before him and his enemies lick the dust. Psalm 72, 9. Fulfillment? Book of Luke, we read this in the last couple weeks. The angels came to the shepherds to tell them the good news of Christ's birth. And they hurried. They didn't get commanded. They decided to go investigate for themselves. You remember? Remember? The angels came to the shepherds to tell them the good news of Christ's birth, and they hurried to find him and worship him. You ever been in a hurry? I've got to be. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. Don't fall down the rabbit hole. Boy, these guys are way too young in the front, aren't they? They don't even know Alice in Wonderland. I give up. It's okay, guys. Let's wrap it up. The angels came to the shepherds to tell them the good news. They hurried to find him and worship him. This will be a sign to you. This was prophesied. This was a prophecy that took place right at the time of the birth. These angels showed up and told these shepherds the good news about Jesus, that he was born and that they would find him wrapped in a cloth, laying in a manger, in a stable in Bethlehem, just as the prophecies already foretold that. And these guys went to investigate and they found it to be true. That was a prophecy. They hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning about what they had been told about this child. What did I call those guys? Who remembers? (laughs) I called these guys something. I said they were the first... Evangelists. Who said it? That's it? Thank you, Annette. I said they were the first. E- Jazlyn said it too? Yeah. All right. Jazlyn and Annette, winners. They were the first evangelists. Hey, they were the first people who went and spread the good news. The Messiah is born. The Messiah's born. He's been born. They were the first people to go out and start telling people about Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Okay. Number eight. Another prophecy, a very sad one, a sad fulfillment of our story today. There would be great suffering surrounding the time of his birth. What's suffering, Chris? I don't remember reading that in the story. I don't remember seeing that when I drove through the Christmas parade, and there was Mary and Joseph sitting in the manger with the baby, and and the wise men giving the gifts. I don't remember this part of the story. Well, I read it to you today, so let's read it again. Prophecy, Jeremiah 31, 15. A voice is heard in Ramah, mourning and great weeping. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because her children are no more. You remember Rachel? Rachel was whose wife? Uh, Jacob. Jacob. Correct. Fulfillment. Was this prophecy fulfilled? The prophet Jeremiah wrote this. The prophet Jeremiah wrote this. You know who the prophet Jeremiah was? You know what the time he was around? While well, the people were in exile. The people were in captivity. He wrote that. And at the time, if somebody told you something like that, you would think that your current situation is what they were talking about, yes? It was not. Fulfillment of that prophecy... We read it today, Matthew 2.16, Herod's cruel scheme to kill Jesus didn't work, so, the, so he maliciously ordered that all baby boys living near Bethlehem, not living in Bethlehem, living near Bethlehem, if it's Yuba City, Marysville, Calusa, Live Oak, Gridley, Lomarica, take them out. Two and under. In the river. Remember what, uh, remember what Pharaoh did. This story doesn't tell us how, but it was probably not fun. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, I love how intelligent he was, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time that he learned, he learned from the Magi. So this tells you something else about our Christmas story. I know you've been in church long enough. You've heard enough pastors tell you this. The Christmas story was not just a one-day thing. This is a 2 year overlap. Because from the time these guys met with Herod and said, "We are following the star, we see the star, the star that was prophesied." And there's way too much talking in the front row. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, buddy. I'm kidding. I got jokes too, man. Ooh. No, she said I was funny. I know. Listen. In accordance with the time that he learned from the Magi. Two years. So from the time Herod met these guys, and they went on their travel to find Jesus, and then they did, and then they didn't come back. By the time Herod figured this out, he said, go there and kill all kids in the vicinity two years and under. So that means there was a two-year lapse in the story. You see that? Now, number nine, the time, and, uh, the time of Christ's birth and life would come before the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. Well, I thought it was destroyed way back, yeah? Prophecy. Daniel 9:25 through 26 Daniel Now listen and understand 7 sets of 7 plus 62 sets of 7 will pass from the time the command is given to rebuild Jerusalem until a ruler the anointed one comes Jerusalem we will be rebuilt with streets and strong defenses despite the perilous times after this period of 62 sets of 7, 62 sets of 7 years, 62 sets of 7 months, 62 sets of 7 something, seven days? probably not, that would have been, 62 sets of 7 days would be a week and ten day, a year and ten, 10 weeks. So this was probably years, 62 sets of 7 from the time of Daniel till Christ's birth. 62 sets of seven will pass. The anointed one comes. Jerusalem will be rebuilt with streets and strong defenses. After this period of 62 sets of seven, the anointed one will be killed. Wow. Prophecy right there. Appearing to have accomplished nothing. That's what it says. The anointed one, the one we're waiting for, he's going to be killed and it will look like he accomplished nothing. And a ruler will rise, will arise whose armies will destroy the city and the temple. The end will come with a flood and war and its miseries are decreed from that time to the very end. We are living in those days. Fulfillment. Since Herod is known to have died in around 4 BC, it is presumed that Jesus was born between 6 to 4 AD, and that his death may have occurred somewhere between 29 and 33 AD. Before his death on the cross, Jesus had also told of the coming destruction of Jerusalem, thus confirming the prophecy of who? Daniel. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of, king, of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came. First Peter 1, 2 through 24, he himself bore our sins, in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. First Peter two twenty four, Matthew twenty four two. Do you see all these things? He replied, "Truly I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another; every one will be toppled." Will be toppled. Jesus' words. Jesus himself said that, yes. fulfilling the prophecy. And prophecy number ten, a pretty simple one. You got it. The entire lineage would be confirmed through Scripture. Jesus was from the line of Abraham, Genesis 12-3. Isaac, Genesis 17-21, Genesis 26-4. Jacob, Genesis 28-14. Judah, Genesis 49-8-12. through 12. Jesse, Isaiah 11-1. And David, Isaiah 9, 7, Jeremiah 23, and 5. Fulfillment. We see the entire fulfillment of Christ's line of genealogy through Matthew Matthew 1, 1 through 17, and Luke chapter 1. All through those times, they said that the Savior is going to come from this line of people. The Savior is going to come from this line of people. And then in the beginning of these two books, you have the entire lineage written out. So that you can connect all the dots. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Luke 1, 68 through 69. And joy to the world. I had this thought came to me. I, I posted it. I wrote, uh, I wrote today, I was thinking about it, came to me last night. I said, first Jesus saved me, then Bibiana tamed me. Then I woke up one day with too much to lose and here I am. Listen, I've been, I've been, I've been attending church since I was a kid. I gave my life to Jesus when I was 12 years old. I started serving in my church as a youth, as best I could. But it took more time for me to actually see God's miracles begin to happen in my life. It took more time for God to truly make himself visible to me. I became God conscious at some point. I came to a point in my life where there was no way to intelligently deny the existence of God because of everything that God had done in my life. So at this time of year, as I wrote, Jesus was the plan. The whole book, the whole message we teach, (coughs) bless you, the whole reason we meet each and every week, the whole reason that we come here to serve is we are here to serve Jesus and proclaim his good news. The good news that there is salvation. Anybody sin? Anybody sin on your way here? I've probably sped on my way here. I probably had ill thoughts about some driver who was in my way and I don't even remember. I always say there's two kinds of sin unconscious sin and conscious sin. Conscious sin is when I think about something that I know I shouldn't do, and for some reason I'll still do it. And Paul talked about that. It used to be my justification of sin, but one day I realized that's not a justification of sin. That's a self awareness of who I am in my sin nature that I battle. Paul said, Every time I want to do right, evil's right there with me. And everything I want to do, I don't do. And everything I don't want to do, that I do. I don't get it, is what he was saying. He wasn't saying, it's all good. That's not what he was saying. So, and then there's that unconscious sin. You see, conscious sin, you have a little more control over. It's like, "Mm, I've been presented with an option here. I have a choice to choose the right way. Unconscious sin, guy cuts me off. Oh, you, and something comes out. I didn't even have a chance to consider whether I was gonna do the wrong thing or not or think the wrong thing, it just happened. That is sin living within you. That is sin living within you. You see, you're presented with the opportunity to choose right and wrong and sometimes you just do wrong and you don't know why you did it. Well, let me tell you something. The Bible says that every man will stand before God and be judged for his sins. And the Bible, God looks at a murderer the same as a liar. So if you kill somebody and go and spend the rest of your life in prison, or you lied to your mom when you were 19 years old, God views them both the same. In America, we don't, but in heaven, we do. And God created a plan. Because God realized that no matter what he did for people to try to atone their sins... There was no way for them ever to rebuild their their righteousness and have a relationship with God because God is so righteous he cannot have sin in his presence. So God sent Jesus. Jesus was the plan to redeem you. And you just you today. You're the only one here not saved, right? <laughs> I told you I got jokes. You, you want to sit in the front and dish dirt, I'm going to come back. But guess what, buddy? We're not going to let you leave here unsaved. Now, <laughs> now look, Jesus was the plan. Jesus was the plan to redeem your sins once and for all, to atone you. And when what does Pastor Chris say? When you have Jesus, you don't become sinless, but you sin less. less. Yeah. 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 So listen, let's pray. It's 11 o'clock. Let's close this out and send you home. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for, uh, uh, for our time today, Lord. I thank you for the gift of Jesus, Lord. I thank you that you sent Jesus here. I thank you that you gave us Jesus so that he would... Fulfill his purpose, Lord, so that you would be raised up, Lord, from the dead, Lord, and that you would give him all authority on heaven and earth. And Lord Jesus, we know that you have all authority in heaven and on earth. You have all authority here. It is you we need to reach out to. It is you that we depend on for our salvation, Lord. If there is any man, woman, child, youth, young adult, young person, old person, I don't know, and you don't know if they, they don't know if they have a relationship with you, Lord, I want you to tug on their heart right now. I want you to remind them who you are. I want you to show yourself to them, Lord. We ask that in your name. You gave us the same power, Lord, and we have that Holy Spirit in us, Lord, and I just pray for that person, Lord, right now, that they give their life to you, Lord, that they commit their life to you, Lord, that they tell themselves, you know what? Jesus, you are Lord. And I'm going to serve you. Lord, I lift those hearts up to you right now, Lord. Let us all go in our ways, Lord. Let us fellowship together in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh, young adults, young children. Yes, please, angel. Yes, we're done.